Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? Another week, another strange place for us to record from. And by us, I mean me. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sitting here in my office. Uh, so yeah. what, what, are, uh, what are you doing? Uh, I'm in the lobby of an embassy suites in Los Angeles. Okay, that is strange. Yeah. So I'm out here with Ethan, spring break trip, birthday trip kind of thing, and we are just landed, and we just landed, and my room's not ready, and we need to record the podcast. So here we are. We make it happen, Amy. The things we do. There you are. For this podcast. Well, I'm just at home in my home office, hoping the dogs don't bark. Yep. So So kind of a normal week for you. Absolutely. Yep. There we go. All right. Well, hey, well, let's jump into it and want to thank our sponsor this week, the Baptist Press Newsletters. If you're looking to stay informed and engaged in the latest missions, discipleship, leadership, and political happenings within the SBC, look no further than the brand new Baptist Press Newsletters, BP Missions, Discipleship, Leadership, and Politics. These weekly newsletters offer insightful and thought-provoking content that will deepen your understanding and strengthen your faith. Don't miss out on these valuable resources. You can visit baptistpress.com slash subscribe to sign up. That is baptistpress.com slash subscribe to sign up. All right, Amy, some big news out of Missouri this week. Last week, it was South Carolina calling a new executive director. This week, it's Missouri announcing the transition of John Yates as he is leaving his post as a Missouri Baptist executive director. Yeah, so he will be transitioning out. After 12 years of service, he asked the executive board there at the Missouri Baptist Convention to form a transition team to search for his successor. So he says he is not retiring, that he and his wife, Sharon, they will not stop ministering. He says we will not break stride in our vision of transforming lives and communities with the gospel, but he will be passing that on to someone else. So the new search will begin. Yeah. And that will be led by Chris Williams, the Missouri Baptist Convention president uh, right now. And the search team will include him as well as executive board members, Gina Jordan, Aaron Mick, Brian Jump, Will Hoffman, and as an alternate, Bradford Laubinger. At-large members include Lane Harrison, Michael Bird, Gary Mathis, Wesley Vance, and as an alternate, Randy Shipman. Additionally, Neil Franks, the president of the Missouri Baptist Foundation, will serve as a non-voting member of the transition committee. So uh, we'll kind of keep an eye out for any information about that and uh, whenever they open it up to applications and uh, recommendations. So congratulations to John Yates and his uh, 12-year tenure as the executive director of the Missouri Baptist Convention. So I'm sure there'll be some uh, some celebrations of him and his legacy up in Missouri later this fall at their annual meeting. But Amy, we have some, uh, we have one going and we've got uh, a new one here. A couple of weeks ago, we brought you the news of the opening in Maryland, Delaware. Well, this week they unanimously elected Tom Stoll as their new executive director. He has been the CFO and uh, started with him actually as the comptroller back in 2004. So been there 20 years and now takes over as the executive director for the Baptist Convention of Maryland, Delaware. Yeah, I think he is uh, for sure no stranger to anyone there and really has uh, made a, a great impact. He and his wife have been very open about some of the uh, things that their family has walked through with their son and um, 
their passion for disability ministries there in uh, the Baptist Convention of Maryland, Delaware. He also chairs the Baptist Convention of Maryland, Delaware Sexual Abuse Task Force. So he is very involved and I think respected in the region. Yes, absolutely. So congratulations to Tom Stoll. Looking forward to meeting him. Heard nothing but good things from our friends in Maryland, Delaware about him. So excited to have him at the helm up there on the eastern seaboard of the U.S. And uh, all the way to the west, Amy, we go. Hawaii Pacific Baptist Convention announced that John Indris will serve as the interim executive director there in Hawaii as they continue to search for a long-term candidate. So John Indris is the pastor of Engage Church in Hilo and the president of the Hawaii Pacific Baptist Convention. Again, Chris Martin left uh, earlier this year. He announced in January that he was leaving to take a position with the IMB. Did that in February. So the Hawaii Baptist, Amy, have a interim executive director. Right. And not just Hawaii. It's the Hawaii Pacific. Hawaii they Pacific, also include, yes. Yeah, because they also include the South Pacific Baptist Association, which covers a number of places, American Samoa and uh, and Samoa. It also includes the Baptist Association of Micronesia, um, Guam and Saipan, and churches that are part of the Asia Baptist Network are also in this convention. So um, it's a quite, quite a region that, yes. that they cover there. The, the largest area by flyer miles of any state there convention you go. in the U.S. There, there you go. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Uh, So that's our news from our states. And Amy, it's the first of the month. You know what that means. CP. That's right. We got good news again. February giving clocked in at just over $17.1 million, which was above budget by just over $1.1 million, bringing the annual total to just under $82 million, uh, which is almost $2 million above budget for the year. So I remember we started off slow, Amy, but uh, we really picked it up and now we're $2 million above budget. That's really incredible. So um, very good news. And uh, I know nice pick me up for you. Yes, absolutely. So it's uh, good news for every Southern Baptist across the country and some good news out of Guidestone this past week. They had a trustee meeting a couple weeks ago, and we've got the report from their spring trustee meeting. Yeah, so they reelected John Hoychik from Louisiana as the chairman and David Cox from Michigan as the vice chairman. And this was a, a big time because, you know, Hans Dilbeck has now basically been there a year. So giving sort of a report at the at the end of that of how how everything is going. They also had a great thing where they renamed a special fund, the OS and Susie Hawkins Emergency Grant Fund. And this is a fund that provides emergency needs of the financially poorest mission dignity recipients. So that could include for hearing aids, eyeglasses, dentures, medical bills, home repairs. And uh, I, I just love that because obviously mission dignity has been something so important to OS Hawkins, a big legacy of his just in how much he focused on that. And, um, you know, uh, you, you know, here I'm, I'm Susie Hawkins biggest oh, yeah. fan. Biggest so fan. yeah. President so of I the gotta, fan club there. That's right. So whenever there is uh, something that honors her, I'm going to talk about it. And so that that's my favorite thing about this whole uh, trustee report from Guidestone is the new OS and Susie Hawkins emergency grant fund. Yeah. So a few weeks ago, we had brought you the news that Chu So was going to take over as the chief operating officer at Guidestone. And at this trustee meeting, they bid a farewell to John Jones, probably one of the longest serving 
executives in the SBC. And you've been there at 35 years at Guidestone and uh, served as the COO for a long time with Dr. O.S. Hawkins. And he's been there longer. Retired. Yeah. Yeah. Longer than I've been a Southern Baptist. Yeah, so he has. And uh, John Jones, probably one of the, the most important, but least known Southern Baptist out there when it comes to what he has done at Guidestone and helped it as it has uh, grown over the years. So uh, congratulations to John on his service to Southern Baptist and also uh, to Chu So in his new role as chief operating officer. With him moving to that, they needed a new chief insurance officer at Guidestone. And Nadina Kersey is going to serve in that role. And the trustees uh, affirmed that unanimously. She will be taking Chuso's position there and has been there since last year. She had come from Point University in West Point, Georgia, where she was the chief financial officer. And then she had also worked at Christian Care Ministry for 15 years. So uh, sounds like she's a, a great leader and she will provide leadership to the insurance line. And so that's product development, sales and marketing, uh, things like that. So congratulations to Nadina on her appointment as the chief insurance officer at Guidestone. Amy, we move up to Midwestern, where at Spurgeon College, their basketball coach, Billy Lavizi, has been named the coach of the year. This is for the National Christian College Athletic Association's Southwest region. Um, so they uh, had, I think, several uh, you know things in, in men's basketball, but they gave him coach of the year. And then two players on their team received national honors. Um, so this was his first year as head coach at Spurgeon College. And that's a, that's quite a quite a big deal. Yeah. Um, they had a 14-9 record this season. And then several times they led the nation in their the league that they're in, that that association in rebounding and scoring, averaging more than a hundred points per game. That's a lot of points in a college game. Pretty significant. Yeah. That's that's quite impressive. I'm I'm really impressed there. So uh, in his career, he spent seven years in college athletics, been a part of six conference championships and four NCAA national tournament appearances. Uh, I got to think that the future of the Spurgeon College basketball program is in good hands uh, with Coach Lavizi there. So uh, congratulations to him. That's pretty impressive right there. Over to another seminary we go right down the street from you at Southeastern. Your good buddy and co-author, Keith Harper. That's has right. Donated a quite significant piece of Southern Baptist history to Southeastern. Yeah. So it's a letter that was written by Lottie Moon. Uh, it was dated July 22nd, 1878. And uh, pretty cool because it's uh, I preserved really well. There's a, a picture there in the BP article that shows it as it's framed. It's got a few spots where there's maybe some tears or holes, but for the most part, you really can see it. Uh, this intact. So um, Keith Harper had gotten the letter from uh, a civil war collector in the Metro Atlanta area. And so he said that this collector had a packet of letters and the letter was kind of tucked away in it. So he was a little bit, uh, you know, unsure of whether or not it was authentic. And so he asked some questions and when he saw her script and the signature that she does, he was pretty sure. Um, and so he made a bid and purchased the letter and that was 16 years ago. And so now he and his wife, Johnny, um, they are wonderful people. 
they have decided to donate it to the Southeastern Seminary Archives. So it it is is here. So it was in correspondence with a Mrs. Wilkes, and it was written her uh, in the fifth year that Lottie Moon was in Tang Chow. And so she talks about um, the Chinese custom of foot binding. She also um, updates Mrs. Wilkes on her ministry and a gives a, a, an incident, a story about an incident at the boarding school where she was. So there's a lot of information. This is a great uh, release and you can actually click on uh, the link in the letter and you can actually see, you can see a picture of it and you can read a transcription. So you can see the whole letter or you can just come, come to Wake Forest and see it yourself. Yeah. So just uh, book Amy's guest room and you're good to go. There you go. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So really neat. Uh, so thanks to Keith Harper for uh, saving that for Southern Baptist history and uh, just kind of neat to, to have that at Southeastern now. So really neat. I'll have to check that out next time I'm on campus. Got a quick update here to end the news this week, Amy. A few weeks ago, we had brought you some news that the Will McCraney versus Nam lawsuit would move to a trial on June the 5th. Well, that's not going to happen. There's been some developments and some filings, and they've moved that back to August the 7th. Just a quick update on that. So it won't be the week before the annual meeting. It'll be a couple of weeks after. So that's going to do it for the news this week. Bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right. We're going to go to 1954 to, you know how I love when I find a survey oh, and I found go. one. This is what was interesting is the headline really got got me. I got pretty confused. Um, it said, survey reveals few church visitors. That's what it said. And hmm. I was like, what does that mean? Then it said regularly employed church visitors are not too numerous in Southern Baptist churches. It was revealed recently in a survey conducted by the Baptist press. Jonathan, that sentence threw me off so much regularly employed church visitors. And I had to read, I had to read this article over a couple of times to realize what they were talking about. They were talking about someone on your staff that is paid to go visit people. Oh. I thought. Pastoral care. I was right. Right. You thought it was like church guests. Right. I was like, what do you mean regularly employed church visitors? You paying people to come? Like what's going on here? Yeah. I mean, Uh, they're paying salary. They're paying visitors $6,000 annually to come to church apparently. Right. And the, (laughs) the funny thing was, as I'm reading the paragraph, all I can think of is church guests. And it says questionnaires were sent to 300 larger churches over the convention out of the 202 replies received only 20 indicated employment of a church visitor. Seven of them worked full-time and 13 part-time. At that point, I was so confused. I could hey, you not people, figure we, out. No, what. we don't pay our visitors. We, they just right. come on That's their right. own. What are you talking about? Then it, then it said salary for the visitors varied greatly. Two churches pay $6,000 annually. So I was like, oh, $6,000 to come visit church. It it really, it, it took me quite a bit. But that. What we're talking about is a, as you just said, a pastoral care role. Two churches paid $6,000 annually, two from two to $300 monthly, 11 from 100 to 200 monthly, and two from 25 to 100 monthly. Five of them paid uh, car allowances. So when I got to the third paragraph is when I understood. It said duties are varied greatly. 
The visitor visits the sick in nine churches, visits prospective members in eight, and promotes visitation through the uh, organizations, through the churches in nine. They also um, talked about counseling, visiting newcomers, writing welcome letters, you know, all sorts of other of other things. So it 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 started to click toward the end, but I, I still think that's interesting to think through. They sent out to 300 out of two, out of 202, 20 had someone on their staff that specifically did that. All right. So um, specifically focused on pastoral care. Something interesting in here. Second to okay. last paragraph, Aim. Yes. Prospects come from commercial records, visitor cards, census, new baby lists in newspapers, and various other sources. So right. does this mean that they are scouring the new baby list in the newspaper to see that Mrs. Ms. Mr. and Mrs. Johnson just had a baby and we're going to go visit them with a gift from the church? I think that's what it means. Yes. Okay. I think that's, that's interesting. exactly what it I, means. I mean, I, yeah. it seems to be what it means. Yeah. I think so that's exactly what it means. They see so, that somebody I mean, had a baby and they go to them and say, hey, we're a church. I, I Okay. Well, think about it. It's like when you move into the neighborhood that the church might come and knock on your door, welcome to the neighborhood. And, you know, we, we would love to have you or something like that. And that's when baby announcements would be in the newspaper. I mean, they didn't have Facebook. So you would know that this family in town had, you know, had a new baby. Maybe they needed help. Maybe they were interested at that stage in getting their family connected. I don't know. But anyway, it's very interesting. I love to see these church surveys because it gives us kind of a primary source, you know, uh, look at what was happening in churches or on church staffs. And so I guess about like 10% of, uh, of churches had a church visitor or pastoral care. Person, it's basically an associate whatever. pastor, an associate pastor. That's basically in what they've got. Yeah. Yes, it, it was an much. associate pastor. That's so. right. That's right. Because if you think 19- about it, like the churches were mostly solo pastor, maybe a music right. guy and a church secretary. Well, but it. on That's this, on this, it actually says that they that other duties listed for this included like youth director, choir director, educational director. Yeah. So this funny. was the associate so it, pastor or other yeah. staff minister. So it seems like what they were asking was, do you employ someone specifically to handle visiting in the community aside from the lead pastor? So really fascinating. And this is at a time when probably church staffs were beginning to expand. It also says that they they reached out to 300 larger churches over the convention. So I don't really know. I mean, you might need to go look back in the files and see if you can find the the things from this. It's Baptist um, Press. I mean, that's right. We're, we're that's doing right. research. We're doing research. And yeah. now 70 years later, we have Danny Franks. Yes. Yes. The, uh, the greatest guest services pastor there is. So... Uh, that's, uh, for those who don't know, Dan- he sits down the hall from you. That's right. For those who don't know, Danny Franks is at the summit church has been there now for 20 years and, wow. uh, is, is, he is the best that I know in the yeah. area of guest. He's got some great stuff. We, is- we've been running some of his stuff on Baptist press uh, that he's right. done for church answers. He's written some books and stuff. So yeah, he, he kind of is the guru in our world. 
uh, for this. Yeah, so, he he is yeah. the best. But anyway, that this this was not just a, a new thing that Danny Frank started. They were talking about it in 1954. This week in SBC history, Danny's going to try to figure out how he can get paid by JD to come to church. I guess right. he already does. But right. Well, he, yeah, yeah, he does. Okay. Yes. All right. Anyway, moving on. Resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is. Uh, I decided to actually put a book that's been around for a really long time, actually about 20, 21 years now, almost that is from Keith Harper, send the light. And it is, um, a volume that has a ton transcribed of Lottie Moon's letters. So she was just an unbelievable letter writer to, uh, leaders at the foreign mission board, which is what it was called back then. And to people back home to churches, she had columns that she wrote. And so, uh, years ago, um, Dr. Harper really compiled a lot of the letters. Cause there are a number of them that exist in, you know, archives of the mission board or things like that and put them in a volume. So you can actually read a lot of what she had to say. So since we were talking about one of her letters, I thought I would put that out that although we cannot have an actual letter in our homes from her, we can get um, a volume that allows you to to really read and hear what she was uh, here. Just kind of read and learn from what she was saying. So that's mine. Great. All right. Look what I've got here. I don't know if you can see it. I've got The Wolf in Their Pockets, the new book from Chris Martin. That is my resource of the week. 13 Ways the Social Internet Threatens the People You Lead. So Chris, uh, we've talked about Chris in his previous book, Terms of Service. We talked about that uh, a while back. been a couple of years, I guess, now. And this is brand new. Just came out this week, Wolf in Their Pockets, and about how social media affects us and uh, influences what we do and, and how it impacts the people that we're leading. So really good thing. And guess what, Amy? I got a couple of copies to give away to listeners. So first oh, two people. Oh, very cool. First two people to DM me on Twitter. Let's just make it easy. Direct message me on Twitter and I will it's get yours, a couple huh? of copies to you. So uh, two people each get a copy. Just DM me and you can have the new book from Chris Martin, The Wolf in Their Pockets. Brought it with me on my trip to LA to read while I'm out here. So uh, going to crack into it. I haven't had a chance to get into it yet, but going to this weekend. All right. And don't forget, we're wrapping up the week of prayer for North American missions and the Annie Armstrong Easter offering should be going on around here. So support your Annie Armstrong Easter offering. You can find out more information over at the NAM website as well. We'll link that in the show notes uh, for everybody. Hopefully you're promoting that in your church each and every week. And Amy, I don't know if you saw this or not. One final note. We crossed a threshold this past week that we haven't crossed in some time for the SBC annual meeting. Hotel nights. I saw that. Hotel this. nights. 20,000 hotel nights are reserved for the SBC annual meeting in New Orleans. And that's like, like say, if I was going to be there. Yeah, which you're and not. I reserve, which I'm not. And I was going to get there on Saturday. Yeah. And stay through Thursday. Then I would have like. Six nights or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so total is like. People times however many yeah. nights they've gotten. Yes. So or crazy. actually just added up. Right. So, right. Just yeah. all added up. Yeah. yeah. But yes, so, you're correct. I will not be there. So. Yes, you won't. So none of those are mine. Nope. But 10 of them are mine, which. There you go. That's crazy, by the way. You're mo- you're moving to New Orleans for yes. a couple of weeks. Yes. I'm going to have to pay Louisiana state income tax, apparently. For next 
I've been down there so much. I was down there this weekend and, uh, or this week and it was a, a really good productive time. So I went over and we had a, a luncheon this week for our local encouragement team at the port ministries that they have there in New Orleans. It's a, one of the ministries that they have. It's kind of like port chaplains. So think of like chaplains, but for a port where you've got people from around the world coming through New Orleans and they're able to share the, the love and hope of Christ, uh, to people coming in and through New Orleans. So kind of neat. Very cool thing there on uh, Chapatula Street. And um, yeah, just every time I go down there, I meet some people and find a ministry that is just incredible. And I don't know if you saw it uh, last week, last Sunday, Kay Bennett, who runs the Baptist Friendship House down in New Orleans, was the like feature missionary, I guess you want to call it, for the week of prayer for North American missions. So uh, that story is on Baptist Press. We've talked about that and put it out there. So it's uh, been, been good. So and she's retiring, actually recent and uh, in, in the near future. So I want to wish her the best. She's done a great work down there, the Baptist Friendship House. So I've uh, been a, a hugely important missions outpost there uh, for trafficked women and, and uh, those looking to flee situations like that. So, all right. Well, that's going to do it for our show this week, Amy. It's been another interesting one here in the lobby of the Embassy Suites in Glendale, California. But I'll see you next week. See you next week. See you next week.